Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the She Builds with Code podcast, the podcast helping you to get out of tutorial hell. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Noelle Anderson, and in today's episode, we're going to talk a bit about my favorite websites that you can learn to code with. First, I do want to start off with an update on the She Builds with Code website. That has been the project that I've been working on for the past several episodes. Been building that site entirely from scratch and given updates as I go. And I am proud to announce that the static design is completely finished. And by completely finished, I mean it's good enough to get up on the web. Anybody that's worked on any kind of creative project for a while will tell you that nothing's ever really finished. And I'm sure I'm going to continue to tweak it. But it has basic styles done. I've got all of my templates and pages up. You can check out the GitHub repo, which there's a link to that in the show notes, as well as the GitHub pages hosted site. So you can see exactly how the site works in its current uh, iteration. The challenge that I got to work on this past week was learning how to do a tabbed view. If you go to the sample website and you click on episodes and then you click on an individual episode, down in the middle, there's a section for show notes and then a section for the transcript of the episode. And I'm sure you've seen this, you know, on the web where you see a section of content and then there's another header right beside it and they're tabs, you know, like Excel or, or you know, any kind of spreadsheet where you just click over and it reveals the information underneath of that heading without reloading the page or anything like that. I wanted to do that, but I wanted to do it in a way that wasn't dependent on JavaScript. What I found when I was looking up tutorials on how to do it is a lot of people were depending on JavaScript and I am trying to avoid reliance on JavaScript for functionality of the site. I'll be honest, I haven't gotten there 100% yet. My mobile menu right now is dependent on JavaScript to work. And there's nothing to say that that's wrong, but there can be some accessibility issues that come into play if you have, you know, people that have sites that have either sites. There are some accessibility issues that can come into play if you have folks that have disabled JavaScript in their browser or they have slightly slower computers. And I just wanted to make sure that at least the content section of the website was as accessible as possible. So I went looking for a tutorial on doing tabs with just CSS and HTML. I'm happy to say that I found several. And so I kind of mashed up what I learned in a video with what I learned in an article and then put my own twist on it to make it look the way I wanted to, um, including a link in the show notes to my favorite tutorial that I found. That was the one that gave me the most clear picture and helped me get where I was going. So I was very happy to have gotten that figured out. So right now in the development process of the site, I am learning Hugo which is a static site generator that is built in the language Go. So lots of terms there. To review, a static site generator is simply a script that takes regular text files, be them Markdown or even HTML, and combines them with templates that have your preferred design 
and basically generates all the pages of your site for you. So it kind of does the exact same job that a regular content management system would do like WordPress, but there's no database. Everything is just HTML files, which, you know, can make things run a lot faster. Obviously, there are no security issues because you don't have a database that can be hacked. And for developers that really like to write in Markdown, it's wonderful because you write your content in a Markdown, you run the script, and boom, there you go. Your site's up and running with whatever workflow you've put into it. So I've been learning Hugo, partially because people have been talking about how fast it is as a static site generator. If you want to check out my current progress in uh, building my site in Hugo, if you go to the GitHub repo link, you can actually switch branches to the Hugo build and you can kind of see how the layout of that works and kind of poke around into that. So the majority of the site is actually already set to be generated by Hugo. The biggest issue I'm running into right now is figuring out how I want to add new episodes to the site. So... Hugo is extremely powerful. However, it currently doesn't support dynamically creating new pages. What do I mean by that? It integrates, it has a direct integration with APIs. Super simple to pull an API. And my podcast host, Buzzsprout, has a public API. I can pull information about my episodes automatically from the website after I upload them. Couple of problems are, one, uh, Buzzsprout doesn't support transcripts in their API. So regardless of whatever solution I come up with, I still will need to manually paste my transcripts into my website every time I post a new episode. Problem number two is while I can pull the information from the API automatically, right now the only thing I can do with it in Hugo as it's built is to create the listing page. So the page that lists all of my individual episodes can automatically be updated. Unfortunately, creating individual pages for each one of those episodes is currently not supported. So I have to make a decision about whether or not I want to spend more time writing a custom solution within this to make it work, or if I just get a minimal viable product up so I can get the site up and running, manually paste these new episodes for a little while until I find something. I think I'm leaning more that way. While the education of, you know, trying to figure this out will be great, I don't want to get so caught up in the fun of building the project that I forget that the main goal of this is to make sure that I have my website up online. And there's no reason to wait just because I'm trying to make something a little bit easier for myself. So that's where the site lives right now. I'm super excited. My hope is that by the time I bring you another episode, I will have a fully functional website up and running. You guys can give me all your thoughts on that. today's episode is going to be based around websites that help you learn how to code. I have gone through my fair share of websites, books, resources, courses, the whole nine yards. And so I'd like to share a little bit about what I learned from each one of them, how they did or didn't work for me, who they might be ideal for, and what you can expect from them. And we're going to start with free tools because that is the price that I think everybody can agree on is really awesome. Top of that list is Free Code Camp. That's found at freecodecamp.org. You can find a link to this in the show notes. The cool thing about Free Code Camp 
aside from the fact that it's free, is that it is a huge ecosystem of aspiring developers. So in addition to the curriculum, they've got uh, a forum that's extremely active. They have a blog where people write a lot. They have an extremely active YouTube channel where they offer video courses on things that are covered in the main curriculum as well as, you know, outside coding topics. And when I first found Free Code Camp, actually, it was, it didn't look the way it does right now. It was a site that basically curated different resources together to teach you how to code and then offered some projects at the end. And what it does now is it gives you little bite-sized lessons in web development. If you start from the very beginning with the uh, with the front-end development training, you're going to learn HTML, you're going to learn CSS, you're going to learn JavaScript and jQuery in these really super short lessons. There'll be a paragraph about what you're going to learn, it'll describe what it does, and then you'll get these little instructions on what to do, and you'll have a very small coding problem that you'll need to type into. The entire site has a browser-based editor, so you never have to do anything outside of that when you're just working through the exercises where they teach you uh, the core topics. The entire curriculum is broken down into multiple certificates that you can earn. You know, there's front-end development, you know, there's back-end, there's APIs and microservices. It's a whole host of of things. In each section, as I just described for, you know, the front end, the same works for the rest of them. There are many problems that you do. And then at the end of each Uh, section, each certificate, there are, you know, a minimum of four to six projects that you have to build on your own and submit for automatic grading in order to get your certificate. Now, the individual exercises are optional. You don't have to do them in order to get your certificate. The only thing you have to do is submit the projects in order to get your certificate. And, you know, they're nicely challenging. What I love about Free Code Camp is It's very interactive. Everything's broken down pretty small. And like I said, the community is huge and extremely supportive. For me, I eventually got away from Free Code Camp because I found that the short exercises, while they were great as an introduction, weren't really giving me enough substance for things to stick. You know, you'd kind of work on one thing for a lesson, and then you would immediately build on that, which works for some people. It didn't work for me. Um, additionally, I kind of fell out of interest in JavaScript exclusively and FreeCodeCamp, like a lot of sites that are trying to get people job ready, focus on the most in-demand skills. And JavaScript right now is still very much in demand for people that are looking to get developer jobs. I wasn't looking for a developer job. I was looking more for the skills to build my own business. So for that reason, I kind of deviated away from Free Code Camp. But if anyone is ever looking to start to learn how to code, I always direct them there because of the wealth of knowledge that is available to you. And it's a great place to start and you know kick the tires and see if this web development thing is really for you. My second favorite free tool is Codecademy. This is also one that I found uh, pretty early on. It's another site that does a in-browser code editor. So you get lessons that you code directly within their bro- within your browser and in their online editor. So with Codecademy, you get a lot more practice time. The topics are a little more in depth, which is to say you spend a little bit more time 
working your way through a topic instead of, you know, just doing really quick one-off exercises just to see how they work. And then at the end, you get a walkthrough project, like a mini project where they kind of step you through how to build it. So you get to see, you know, kind of a full workflow there. A few years ago, and by a few, I mean like at least five, they launched Codecademy Pro, which goes a little more in depth. It gives quizzes. It gives more in-depth projects. I couldn't bring myself to buy it mainly because it was just a little too pricey for the the monthlies for me. And I found that while it was great for the extra hands-on practice, it also felt a little too handholdy for me. So I wasn't retaining my lessons very well when I got away from Codecademy. And I think in both cases, in both Free Code Camp and Codecademy, I was a little bugged by the in browser editor. It's great to get you started really quick and really fast. And especially for people that are like starting from complete zero, it's best to be able to kind of dive in and get some early wins. And setting up your own programming environment can be a bit of a struggle, depending on what it is you're trying to set up, what instructions you're finding, how tech savvy you already are to begin with. So I appreciate what these guys have done with these, you know, in-browser editing, because it allows you to quickly start to write code without having to worry about a lot of the details there. So you get those early wins, and then you feel more motivated to continue on. For me, however, it just wasn't enough. It just wasn't clicking. And that led me to the Odin Project. Now, the Odin Project is another free site. It is project-based. They teach Ruby and JavaScript web development. And the thing that differentiates the Odin Project from the rest of them is you have to set up your own environment right off the bat. They don't have any kind of a structure in place where you're going to be coding in the browser on their site or anything. And the reasoning is, you know, if you're going to do this job, you need to dive right in and do it. It's not something, again, I'd necessarily recommend for super, super beginner beginners unless, you know, you're really either already extremely tech savvy or you like the challenge right off the bat. Because as I mentioned, setting up an environment can be extremely frustrating. I will say that the Odin project was great, uh, giving very clear instructions on how to get your environment set up. In fact, to this day, I will still go back and refer to it anytime I need to install Ruby on a new machine. What I really loved about the Odin project is how project-based it was. So right from the start, after you get your environment set up, you go through a curated list of articles, blog posts, and videos uh, for the learning. So they start, you know, their, their curriculum is very much the way Free Code Camp was in their beginning where they didn't have a completely built-in curriculum. However, what they do is, you know, they send you off and they say, okay, go and learn this from this, go read this. This is an optional video if you want to get in depth on this. And then they'll come back and kind of sum it up and they'll give you questions to think about after you've read to make sure that the material is really sticking for you. And then you get a project to work on and you get several small ones throughout and then it always culminates in a huge one at the end. But they walk you through enough of it that you have the confidence to figure it out and finish it. So they're not giving you the answer, but they're kind of giving you a map and telling you and giving you a map and a compass actually and saying, okay, cool. This is the rough path you want to follow to get to where you want to go. Have at it. And I really loved the flexible nature of the whole thing. I loved being able to kind of, you know, figure things out, but I had enough confidence from 
working on the other exercises through it to get through larger projects. And it was, it was a rush, honestly. And it's kind of really what kicked me off there. So the Odin project is great if you are cool with setting up your environment from the beginning. If you are really big into projects, which as I've mentioned so many times in this podcast is entirely the way I love to learn. And you want a challenge. It can be extremely challenging. Of the three of these, this is definitely the least hand-holdy option there is on the free spectrum. But if you're ready for the challenge, the Odin Project is definitely one I'd highly recommend. And now going into paid tools. So at the top of the list is Treehouse. This site was actually the first subscription site that I invested in for uh, my coding education. They really have a very bright and engaging style about them. It's highly produced and you get videos that, you know, kind of look like TV shows and they're, they're really big on kind of gamification of their learning. So when you get in there, you can choose different courses and each one has its own section. And in each section, you have a series of videos, quizzes, and little mini breakdowns. This is another site that has a built-in code editor it's a little more advanced than uh, Free Code Camp or Code Academy because the editor isn't directly tied to exercises. You can actually go in and start to build your own projects using their code editor online. And it's literally just an online code editor, which is pretty cool. The videos, as I mentioned, are extremely engaging. They're super short. You know, they're not like, you know, five to 15 minutes. And they're focused on one very specific thing. So you kind of code along, you listen to the instructor, and then you immediately get a quiz after that. And then you immediately get a little exercise to work through in sometimes in multiple steps. The entire process was very well thought out. And, you know, like I said, it's very engaging and colorful. I fell off when I started to notice an inconsistency in the teachers. Some of the teachers in Treehouse are amazing teachers. You can just tell that they are, you know, really into their subjects. They know them well, and they know them well enough to be able to teach them. And then unfortunately, there were some others that clearly knew coding, like they knew what they were doing, but they weren't necessarily the best teachers. And unfortunately, it can be really frustrating in your early coding education when you're following along or you feel like you're following along. And then when you go to work on a project right after a lesson, you're like, wait a minute, did we talk about this? How do I, how do I do this? And unfortunately, there were a couple of teachers in there that I think just took some subjects or took their, their own personal knowledge a little for granted. It kind of derailed me. You know, I, I actually kind of had an off again, on again relationship with Treehouse where I saw they had made updates. And so I came back to see if maybe they'd gotten rid of some of the videos that I knew I couldn't follow along with and some had and some hadn't. In the end, it, it is a great learning tool for sure. Like the, the overall structure of what they've built at Treehouse is definitely one I'd recommend when you're ready to invest a little bit of money to just see if that's something that you want to do. Next on the list is Udemy. 
Udemy is not technically a coding website per se. Udemy is an online marketplace where teachers can sell their courses on anything. It just so happens that web development is one of their hugely popular topics. So you will find a ton of web development courses, a ton of coding courses. I mean, the whole nine yards. You can find just about anything you want to learn on Udemy. I'll share a few links of my favorite Udemy courses in the show notes. The biggest thing you have to keep in mind with Udemy is you have to do your research before you go and buy a course. There are ratings for every course, so make sure you take a look at those ratings, read through them, do some Google searches. Unfortunately, not every course is built equally. And you know, it's because Udemy doesn't really have a huge vetting system. Because again, this isn't a web development learning site. This is an online uh, place for teachers to be able to bring their subjects to students. But there are a lot of really wonderful gyms there. And they frequently have sales and discounts. I know they frequently have them for New Year's. So if you never checked out Udemy and you got about, you know, 13 to 15 bucks to link down into a course, I definitely recommend checking it out. And again, I'll link some of my favorites down in the show notes. My last and my most expensive venture was in Thinkful's online bootcamp. So Thinkful actually bought the Odin project that I had mentioned earlier, and they had a little advertisement for it down at the bottom of most of their pages. I had gone back to the Odin project, I was working through some things, and I realized that I kind of wanted something to kind of give me a little kick in the butt. I needed to kind of step myself up a bit. And I hadn't really considered an online boot camp. For one, they are crazy expensive where they can be. And I just don't roll in money like that. So it was something that never even crossed my mind as a viable path for me. For two, a lot of boot camps, actually most boot camps, are training people again for the workplace. So they're teaching in topics that I may or may not be interested in. However, I was at a point where I just wanted to get the confidence to just build more. I just wanted to build more and I wanted to build more in web development. And if you're working in web development, you can avoid JavaScript. Even if you just use it for the tiniest of things, it is ingrained in the workflow. So you might as well get in it. At the time I was looking into this, this was the summer of 2020. This is dead smack in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. And they were running this little special. Well, first of all, they gave you a seven-day free preview to check out what they called their Flex program. This was basically kind of an elevated uh, paid course, if you will. It was a learn-on-your-own terms. So instead of being more of a traditional boot camp where you're in a cohort from nine to five and you're working with the same people and you have an instructor that's just throwing information at you like a water hose, this was lessons of available as on demand, which made it cheaper right off the bat. And you still got to have a mentor that you got to speak with one-on-one, which was awesome and was really the biggest selling point for me. And they had this special, like I'd mentioned, you know, where things were a bit more cheap than they normally were that you could sign up for. So I took the plunge, I got a loan, and I started working in Thinkful. And The coolest thing, honestly, is I got to meet my mentor. He was a black man named Tim, and I was super excited, for one, to see someone that kind of looked like me 
in this industry that was a teacher and a mentor that I got paired with. And it was amazing to be able to have a conversation with somebody and speak in regular web development terms without having to explain them. My husband, my friends, they are all very supportive of what I do, but I am an odd ball in our group. I am friends with artists. I have been working for years as an artist in a theater. And so my nerdy side has always been something that has been a little quirk and a bit of a joke. So I'm always having to explain what I'm talking about if I go off on an excited tangent about something. However, talking to Tim and being able to just talk about my code editor or ask questions about a language without having to go into any explanation was so freeing. It was wonderful. And I gained a lot of confidence from being able to talk to him. I built the project Frizzcast, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. That was just a, it was a fun project that I got to work on. It was required for the course. And I got to build it entirely from scratch, coming up with the idea and figuring out the workflow, the patterns, the whole nine yards. And I felt so accomplished when I got that done. Unfortunately, I got lost when the curriculum switched to React. Now, to be fair, my advisor and my mentor both told me that the React program has been a long problem for them, and they were in the middle of a complete rewrite of the curriculum while I was in the cohort. The unfortunate thing is, while the earlier lessons were broken down really well and you had multiple steps to get through them, when we got to React, React was just one big block. Things weren't really broken down very well. It moved very quickly. And I kind of felt like I was back in another treehouse course where I had a teacher that understood the material, but didn't quite understand how a beginner was going to understand the material. And I got lost really fast and I got frustrated and I got depressed. Honestly, it wore on me because I first felt that I was doing something wrong, that I clearly did not have the grip on this than I thought I did. Because if I did, I wouldn't be struggling like this. It took a lot of soul searching and it took a lot of struggling in it to realize two things. One, I was never looking to get a job in web development. My goal was to learn the skills in order to build whatever I wanted to build for my own business ventures, not necessarily to work for somebody else. Two, the bigger thing is that React didn't have to be a part of my workflow. It kind of came to a head when I was seeking out outside resources to try to understand React because the curriculum was just not clicking for me. I dropped the boot camp and it wasn't until actually that I started to develop the idea for this podcast that I got out of the funk that I put myself in from quitting because I thought that I had failed. I felt like I had failed. And the reality is it just wasn't for me. That style wasn't for me. This particular language wasn't for me. And it wasn't contributing to my goals. So there was no point in beating my head up against the wall to try to learn this stuff when I wasn't planning on using it for what I wanted to do. And that's the biggest takeaway that I'd like to give to you is that all of these options all of them have success stories. Like each one of them has, uh, you know, a plethora of people that say, you know, I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for Treehouse. I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for Code Academy, for Free Code Camp, for the Odin Project, for Thankful. The reason that there are so many 
is because everybody doesn't learn the same. Everyone doesn't learn at the same pace. They don't learn with the same tactics. They don't learn with the same styles. And each one of these sites has its own strengths for the right people. And when you're learning to code, there's a lot of experimentation that you have to do. It's kind of baked into the entire experience. Like nobody is going to know everything about a subject. It's just not possible. The way that technology moves is so fast that keeping up with anything, it, it, you, you drive yourself crazy. And, you know, most of the new hotness that you just learned is probably obsolete already by the time you get a grip on it. So it's important to make sure that you're focusing on what you want. What do you want to do with this coding thing? Do you want a job? Do you want to be a freelance web developer? Do you want to get into mobile development? Do you want to get into machine learning? Do you want to be a data analyst? There are so many options that are available. And because you are uniquely who you are, you may have to play around a bit before you find your fit. They build these kinds of tools for the masses, for the, the most reach possible. And what you have to do is you kind of have to pick and choose what parts work for you. And if you find one whole curriculum that does it for you, congratulations. That is awesome. Stick with it and do it. But don't get frustrated if it doesn't work out that way. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. It just means you need to find another way. Read it in a different way or step away from it for a minute and come back to it. Find an audio book if you're feeling like this, this blog post that you read isn't hitting it for you. Or look up a video to see if you can, you know, if watching somebody do it helps you click a little bit better. But don't give up. It's well worth it. The feeling of euphoria that you can get when you figure out something and whether it's, you know, something as large as launching a mobile app or as small as figuring how to print hello world in a new language can't be beat. And it is definitely worth the effort. Thank you for listening to today's episode of She Builds With Code. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd really love to hear from you. Please go to shebuildswithcode.com to subscribe to our updates, leave me a review, or send me a message. I'll see you next time.